Welcome to the People in Technology podcast. My name's David Gazzarotto and uh, I'm very pleased to have with me my partner in crime, Jared Cameron. Hey Dave, how are you? Very well, thanks mate. And uh, we've got uh, a special guest now. We do, yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's forthcoming ATC People Analytics Conference. Um, one of the keynotes there is uh, Peter O'Hanlon, who's joining us now from OfficeSpark. Hi there. Great to have you here, Peter. Yeah, thanks very much. Good to be here. Excellent. So um, you've you've got, a, a, I guess, a great story to tell about how you got into the whole people analytics. Well, experience. I don't know if great's the right oh, word on it. It's a story. But it's a story. And every story is a great story, right? So Yeah. There are yeah. 7 billion stories in this world. So how did I get into it? Um, I spent a lot of time working for multinational companies, doing data analytics to understand things like customers and fraudsters and security risks. And it just struck me as an employee in these sort of large, complex, fragmented organisations that the businesses didn't know as much about their own employees as they did about their customers. Yeah. And, gee, what an opportunity to um, apply the tools that are generally used to drive the business forward if you turn them inward and look at your own business. Interesting. Yeah, we talk about um, LinkedIn knowing more about uh, your people than you do yourself, right? And that's kind of a... Yeah, that's 100% uh, right. Yeah, so it's about actually trying to get a handle on that data and doing something more higher value with it, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I think um, in the past we've looked at HR data Mm. and that supports HR processes, Mm. But the workplace has changed and employee expectations are different. Um, The workplace structures are different. Management structures are different. Mm. And um, in that sort of context, you need a whole new way of managing people Mm -hmm. and data can really help with that. Yeah, there's a lot of drivers there that would, would, you know, indicate you, you've got to be looking at, at yeah. data to, um, to provide that kind of personalised employee experience. Yep. So the, the term analytics and I guess people analytics in the context of what we're talking about here, it's kind of, it's a bit of a, a trendy notion right now. It's a bit of a fad. Yeah, unfortunately. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For, for those of us who've lived with it for a long time, it's, exactly. it's not a fad, but <laughs> yeah. so I understand help, that it seems that way. Perhaps if you could give us what, what, how you define analytics, what, what does the term analytics mean to you? Okay. Yeah, well, look, there's a few different ways of thinking about what analytics is. Probably an abstract way of thinking about it for those who, who are interested in sort of meta and yeah. it's, it's the analysis of analysis, right? So analytics is the study of yeah. analysis. And that's about how do we make decisions more effectively by analysing how we use information. We can come up with better decision-making processes. I guess more concretely, less abstract, it's just about using data to drive Mm -hmm. decision-making. In a business context, there's obviously business outcomes you're seeking. Mm. How can you leverage data more effectively to make those decisions? Mm. And how do you measure whether you actually got there or not? It's one of the things that is often um, overlooked, measuring the outcome of analytics, but... Um, you know, there's a growing maturity and understanding that that's really necessary. It's that yeah. test and learn cycle, right? Um, so that you can can continuously improve. So that sounds very scientific, but to me, there's actually this juxtaposition of art and science going on, where the science is the data, the, ana- the analysis <laughs> of the data, um, but the real value comes from when you apply some art to that, which to me is like the storytelling. Yeah, yeah, okay, making yeah. those connections. Oh, I is think that... you're 100% right. I'm a scientist. Look, I'm going to um, you know, surprise everyone that way. <laughs> <laughs> My training is um, in science. So, yep. yeah, I, I do see a big scientific element to that. Um, science is really just about developing a hypothesis, testing, mm. seeing if it worked mm. and continuing to improve. You know, nothing's ever right. In fact, everything that we think we know is probably wrong, but we're going to continually get better <laughs> and better, that. right? Yeah. That's the science side of it. Yeah. Yep. Um, 
But organisations are complex and they're full of people, not machines. Um, and therefore, we need to apply judgment. Mm-hmm. We need to influence. Um, I actually think it's the most exciting thing about analytics is that interface between things like AI and human knowledge. Yeah. And how do you maximise both of them to get the mm. maximum value? Um, if you just do one without recognising the, the importance of the other, mm. um, you're either going to have an army of robots or an army of artists. It's probably somewhere in between. You know, we hear a lot about data scientists. Yeah. I actually think, you know, the data artist yeah. is probably a role that That's we, we should shame, be thinking it? about. Yeah. Yeah. I think most politicians are pretty it's good. It's like, give me a canvas, give me yeah. some data to splash on it. Yeah. I can tell a story out of that. Um, and it's going to be a story that's that's probably going to connect with people who yeah. are making decisions. So. Well, it's a bit like an infographic, isn't it? You know, an infographic, I guess, is a more visual representation, a more of a storytelling way of, mm. of showing of showing some data. And but I think I, I like what you're talking about there. A, a, instead of a data scientist, you know, you're data a data artist, yeah. and it's got a nice ring to it. As and well, it doesn't needn't it? just be visual, right? It could yeah. visualizations a big, well recognized part of yeah. the storytelling element, yeah. but. Being able to creatively handle data and think about, well, what's mm. what's the question? What's the big idea underneath this? Mm. You know, there's, there's various elements there that require I'll, that creativity. Yeah. Well, I, and on that note, I, I, um, I've always found that if you, if you say something, if you use data with enough conviction and creativity, mm-hmm. people will, will actually believe you. So that's, that's kind of, you know, without actually having the real data behind the irrefutable data, you can get away with it with the artist side. Is I'm that, sure is we can construct an experiment <laughs> <laughs> to test that out. You'll probably find out within five seconds. That's <laughs> so I guess you know, Peter, there's this conference coming up that you know you're going to be speaking at, and you know what sort of what's the focus for for what you're going to be bringing to that conference? Yeah, yeah, okay. So pretty excited about the conference because it's all about bringing those two things together: mm. the people and the analytics to drive business forward. So you're going to be a geek fest. Probably not. I hope it is, but (laughs) it probably won't be. I think there'll be a lot of people there who are actually looking for practical tips on how to progress. I I think um, there will be some geeks there, um, but definitely I think the focus will be how do you combine geekdom and, um, you know, suits to get get where we need to go. Um, So, look, I'm looking at doing a couple of sessions there. I'll be running a couple of workshops actually. Mm. One will be looking at... In a similar way, we do customer journey maps in the kind of marketing world where we look at interactions and touch points with customers and how to create a good personalised experience. We'll be mapping out in the room an employee value chain. Mm. Um, What are the key decisions that need to be made in relation to people? What data can be brought to bear to inform that decision? Um, How might we analyse that? How will we construct some hypotheses to test these things? Mm -hmm. And then how do we hook that all together into an overarching people strategy that is not just a people strategy for people's strategy's sake, but one that connects to the business measures, the business outcomes that that it's... um, that yeah. exists to yep. deliver. That, that's that's a place that's been really difficult for HR, isn't it, Dave? We, we, um, <laughs> we struggle with this, and this is what you know, the essence of what we do is, is advise organisations and try to build, make those connections between business strategy, people strategy, and for us it's a digital strategy to mm-hmm. enable that. So it tends to come a lot top-down from our side. What I'm sensing from what you've just described is an, abil- an opportunity to take a more bottom-up approach, to let the data actually inform much better up the chain is that well the data's there so you can either choose to ignore it or you can choose to listen to it Mm. um when you listen to it you might find something out um you're going to have to apply some judgment to that but why not test and learn Mm -hmm. and um Mm. use that to 
you can set a strategy one day and in five years' time you might hope that it's succeeded. Yeah. But unless you're measuring and testing along the way, you're not going to have the opportunity to course correct. Mm. Um, and by that time you've spent all your money and everyone, all the people are stuck where they were and you've got a whole bunch of new tech. Mm. So your digital transformation effectively hasn't delivered. Yeah. Yeah. The wave doesn't reach the shore. Yeah. That's right. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's one of the big um, constraints around digital transformation yep. is keeping the, the, the people aligned with it and mm. um, doing a people transformation mm. at the same time. Peter, we hear a lot of um, organisations that have been going through sort of part of their roadmap around trying to improve their technology and they've got to a point where they're finally ready to crack the data conundrum. You know, they're finally ready to start actually really trying to make better decisions driven by data but they really struggle and they really struggle with, you know, quality, they really struggle with databases being in different places, they don't know how to present it well, they can't tell the story, they, you know, how do they tackle some of these problems? <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's right. It's, it's, it's easy to make it too complex. Yeah. And um, if your goal is to connect all of your data, then you're going to find it hard because you won't know when to stop. When is enough? Yeah. Um, whereas if you're focused on, here's the change we need to make, what data do we need to support that? And just unlock that, starting as small as you can, yeah. starting piece as simple time. as you can, piece mm. at a time, build it up. Yeah. Of course, you need some overarching strategy that you think um, these pieces of um, change are going to fit into. Mm. Mm. Um, it's good to have that overarching piece, but probably the value of that plan is is in the planning and mm. in the prioritisation. Who was it? I think it was um, Churchill who might have said, um, you know, a plan only survives the first impact of war. Um, as soon as you start, things are going to change. Yeah. So you have to do things incrementally or mm. you won't have the opportunity to adapt. Pretty much, that pretty much describes any IT project, really. <laughs> the, 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 the plan never... Yeah, the plan's there for the start. And then once you're in it... <laughs> Baseline and measure the variation. Yeah. <laughs> pretty Look, much. and I think there's a philosophy there, isn't there, of some things like sending a rocket to the moon. Mm. You need a pretty good plan. You're yeah. not going to yeah. figure that one out Precision's while important. while you're in the sky. No. Um and therefore, that's why with just slide rules and mm. um, p- bits of paper, we're able to p- land people on the moon yeah. and bring them home safely half the time. Yeah. Uh, what an amazing accomplishment it's that is. Like, I, I kind of think we'd struggle to do that today yeah. for lack of planning. Or, or for over-engineering. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, then there's another philosophy, which is in highly uncertain projects, which many IT projects mm. are, mm. Um, you need to have that flexibility yeah. um, baked into it. The lack of planning can actually be a good thing, right? It, it provided you're open to learning, yeah. I think yeah. That's, that's the key thing is learn yeah. um, rather than enter things without a plan. If yeah. you've got the information up front, hey, why not use it? That's great. Yeah. If it's unknowable, then you have to have learning built into the process. I, I really like what you're, what you're saying about not trying to tackle the biggest problem you have. You know, try to bite off smaller pieces and use the data and the analytics to help you know, get, some, get some wins on some things that you know, have impact, you hope, and, and um, yep. make sense, but they're not... They're perhaps low complexity, high impact first. And we use a lot of that m- mindset in coaching our clients to actually get rubber on the road, d- um, get ROI from a lot of the mm. deployment of technology that they're doing. Yeah, it's the kind of philosophies that come out of Agile and Lean. But it's also, yeah. um, it is a scientific approach. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Learn what you can learn, adjust, yeah, learn again. Correct. Yeah, so that, that's kind of an element of the second workshop I'm mm. running at the conference mm. coming up, which is... Um, we're going to simulate two and a half years of business transformation. We're going to pick an organisation, mm. an invented one, yep. and we're going to tr- 
tr- uh, track it through a whole bunch of market changes, personnel changes, leadership changes, um, you know, war for talent, new disruptions coming in, and we're going to look at how would we harness like intelligent feedback from mm. the organisation in that context to make sure that it's going to survive. Mm. Um, so I think that's a that's an exciting opportunity that's to awesome. look at how do we compress two and a half years into two and a half hours, yep. and um, and see how we would drive a people strategy through so right through now, that time. I actually don't want to promote these workshops because I'm scared that they'll be oversubscribed and I won't be able to attend because <laughs> that sounds like a pretty <laughs> awesome activity to do. I'm, I'm actually genuinely um, buzzed at that, that yeah. thing. I like the fact that you're using a scenario-based approach. I like the fact that you're going you're gonna to actually take a real life, whether it's manufactured or real life, but you know, you're going to put people in the driver's seat and say, does this feel a bit like your organisation mm. and... Well, I think no matter where you're starting from, Mm. um, whether you be a geek or, Mm. you know, someone who's responsible for the overall strategy, you can get engaged with that activity. Um, And collectively, with that mix of skills, I think we're going to have an exciting roller coaster ride. Yeah. We we talk about people analytics and we always talk about the domain of people being the HR team inside organisations. So, you know, do, do you think we should be seeing, you know, what kind of people should be coming to this conference? Should we be seeing general people from HR? Should it be HR, you know, general managers? Is it, what, what is it? Well, I think, and I, I might deviate from a lot of people in the people analytics space in this regard, but I think if someone has an interest in people, and more than just a passing interest, but people are actually fundamental to the delivery of their business result, then they need to have a people strategy. Mm. They need they need to look after kind of the probably the most expensive asset mm. and resource that they've got available to deliver their result. So, you know, if we think about a field like sales management, um, sales managers are really connected to their sales team mm. um, and they mm. manage them closely. Mm. I think there's other areas where the outputs are a little more abstract mm-hmm. and you've got long innovation cycles or these IT projects where perhaps people have stepped back a bit from the management and the ownership of people's strategy. Mm. I think it's time to re-engage and to use some of the new analytics and tools that are available to do that. Yeah, it's everyone's issue. So um, really, anyone could be could be could benefit. Is it, what you're yeah, sort of I think if you want to learn how to get the most out of your people, then um, you need to this there. conference could be for you. Mm. Yeah. Great. I mean, look, I think um, I've, I've been harping on for a while about the need for HR to become technologists and to start building their database. It's not database, building their knowledge around data and building their competence around it. And I think certainly we've always, <laughs> we always hear people complaining about HR not getting a seat at the table. And this is part of the, that equation or part of the, the gap in that equation. Yeah. Being able to trust the quality of the information they have, being able to give, you know, more than just HR data, but actually be able to explain the impact it has, right? Absolutely, mm. yeah. If you if you can change the conversation so that what you're speaking about is not a performance appraisal or a, a an acquisition program, but you're talking about gross margin on the business mm. or mm. revenue, or you know, you, you, you're actually dealing with the business strategy, not the HR strategy. Yeah, um, that's really what's needed. Um, and I, I'm seeing you know a lot more HR people at the table now that you that you've described. I think really because they're talking that language rather than their own language. I mean, do you find, you mentioned earlier that um, generally speaking the data is out there and and you also mentioned that um, generally most organisations know more about their customer than their employee. You know, do you think it's, is it easy enough for HR teams to be able to connect into that conversation for them to be able to say the things that we're doing to drive the performance in the organisation are directly attributed to the profitability or to the revenue or, 
you know. Well, that's what we were discussing in um, in the first workshop is Great. is that value chain? How how is what um, HR is doing? How does that connect to the overall business metrics? Um, and how to make sure that what you're doing is translated into those sorts of mm. categories that um, the rest of the executive can easily digest and work with and value. Yeah. yeah. If, if, I think the other um, opportunity here, and it's talked about a, a, a fair bit and increasingly, is this um, parallel between customer experience and employee experience. And we know that the evolution of customer experience has been a very much a data-driven exercise as technology is provided better and better tools for us to manage, you know, initially the customer relationship management tools and sales automation into, um, you know, true customer experience and the, this digitisation mm. of the customer experience being becoming more personalised, more one-on-one based on the data you collect and leave data trails everywhere. Yeah. Um, is, is this something that you're, you know, you're thinking about as well in terms of how can, rather than the aggregation of the data to make decisions, how do we actually also look at the personalisation and getting very individualistic mm. to support people better at that level? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Everyone's different and um, employees are no different from that, which is all, 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 yeah, that's right. All, everyone has different <laughs> drivers yep. uh, and, and different things that are going to get them out of bed in the morning um, and get them home safely and sane. Um, and so I think, yeah, if the data's there, we should be using it to look after our employees. That's, mm. It's going to um, yield a benefit for them and their well-being. Um, you know, I, we looked at a, um, there was a case study last year where we looked at um, stress claims for um for Westpac Bank yeah. and um, built a model that was helpful for them in managing the well-being of their workforce. Mm. Um, you know, and that's a great result because it's good for the bank and it's good for the employees and mm. I'm seeing a lot more activity now focused on um, you know, how, to, how to drive that employee experience in a more personalised way. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't ever analyse my wife in the same <laughs> way. So like if I think <laughs> about um, you've got – spheres of knowledge about people yeah. and customers are kind of at the far end you, you touch you know have touch points with them occasionally yep. Yep. and so we've had to rely 100 percent on the data there yeah and so our our use of data is very mature mm-hmm. for customer experience with the employees because we we work with them every day there's a mm. lot of tacit information yeah. we just know we rely yeah. on our managers mm. and so we haven't gone to the mm. same level of detail yeah. that we could do mm. for data because we haven't needed to. Yeah. And gee, if I, I started collecting data on my family and yeah. using that to personalise oh. my um, husband fathering experience, then <laughs> I think they'd just get really cranky. There's, yeah. there's a level at which analysis gets a bit I'd creepy. I from father of the year nominee to <laughs> father of the decade. I that's probably a Although interestingly, there are some tech in our life that is getting us to capture that extra data. I mean, you think about I'm wearing a, you know, an Apple Watch at the mm. moment and you know, yesterday yeah. I was discussing with Kevin Wheeler about the sl- a sleep app that helps you to measure all your sleep. And, you know, so there are some of that is creeping into mm. your sort of family life in some regards, isn't it? Yeah, Maybe I'm, not quite to the same measured effect. But I'm looking at how, I mean, my, my oldest is just starting to engage in social media, right, in Instagram. And I'm actually learning a lot about what's going on in his head by virtue of, um, ha- you know, looking at what he's doing online and how he's acting. And also coaching him a bit on that as well. So I think there's there's something to be said for... You know, th- there's data there that we can use in these contexts. Yeah, it's getting that balance right yeah. and applying it appropriately. I yeah. think some people are struggling with just that sense that we don't want to analyse people that are close to us. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, and yeah. I think I think that's a good ethical challenge, yeah. Yeah. a good, you know... Um, it's a debate worth having, isn't it? It is, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> or a conversation mm. worth having, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
But if the data's there, it's worth a look. Um, yeah. What can you learn from it? Handle that responsibly. Yeah, absolutely. Do good. <laughs> yeah, totally. I'll tell you what, it sounds I mean, like there's going to be a good conference, doesn't it? Well, I, had the, um, I do stalk my wife on an iPhone, find my friends. Yeah, so, we all do that. And she, she does it to me. She's, every now and then I'll get a text message going, um, at what stage are you planning on leaving the pub and coming home? Uh, <laughs> what? You can see where I am? Oh. <laughs> maybe maybe you should give that to your employees as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely. Um, all right, so uh, I guess a, a few parting words on, on um, you know, in what uh, we're going to... Um, what, what we're going to get motivating people yeah, to come well, along I, I to think, the um, analytics conference what we'll do with this conference is is we'll be focusing on trying to give people some practical tips yep. if they haven't started on this people analytics journey yet um, what are the tangible things that you can commence with without having to wait for perfection with data or having to invest um, truckloads of money in systems yep. just making a start and mm. that's that's about method and cr- thinking a bit more creatively so I think that's a big takeaway. If, yeah. if you don't really know where to start, but you think you want to find out, yep. um, there'll be a good opportunity to come away with some yeah. some tangibles. So this is about you can do this now. Yeah, today. yeah. You can walk away from this yep. and actually put some of this. Because I think there's a pro- a lot of conferences. You end up you see all this whiz bang technology and you go, yeah, it's fantastic. I love it, but I can't see how I could use this today. So yeah. I think that's a really important. Yeah. No. I, 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 I like it when I go to a conference and I've got something that I can go and act on straight yeah, away. So, yeah. so we're really going to try hard to do that. We're going to be looking at the future, um, mm. hard not to. Yeah. Um, and people go there with an appetite for that too. They want to hear that where stuff, Where might don't this they? stuff go? Yeah, they want to exactly. know the stretch, don't they? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So we'll be tapping into that as well and yeah. maybe projecting forward a little bit about where the future might be. As an analytics person, I know that we don't know. Um, so we'll be speculating <laughs> on, a, on a few different scenarios. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. Oh, very good. Excellent. Well, the um, People Analytics Conference, it's in Sydney at the Amora, October 17 to 18. Go to the ATC website, uh, find out more about that, and uh, obviously Peter will uh, be looking forward to seeing you there. We'll be there as well. Absolutely will, yeah. Yep. So Peter O'Hanlon, Office Spark, thank you very much for your time today. Mate. No, thank you very much. Thanks, Enjoy mate. the conversation. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Thank you.